Based on the data from the CDC, hospitalizations have risen by 31% in the past two weeks in New York. The dominant variant known as EG.5 is categorized as a mild strain of the virus. The new variant, BA.2.86, is now being monitored by the New York State Department of Health. Locally, there has been a surge in cases, according to the New York State Public Health Department. Sullivan County is currently experiencing a 45% positivity rate. I'm joined now with Dr. John Moore, a virologist with Wheel Cornell Medicine. Dr. Moore, should we be worried? I don't think there are grounds for major concern. I mean, yes, there are more cases in recent weeks than there were a couple of months ago, but a small percentage increase from a low baseline is very different from what we were seeing uh, a couple of years ago, particularly when the Omicron virus first uh, hit as the dominant variant. So um, here's an example, and I'm not saying these are true numbers, I'm just using this as an example. If we saw an increase in number of cases from 10 to 12, that would be a 20% increase. When we previously saw cases measured in the hundreds, then you can immediately see that a small percentage increase on a low baseline is not the same as what we used to be uh, dealing with. So, you know, yes, there are more infections around, but my discussions with physicians in New York City, where I work, is that hospitalizations for Younger, healthier people are extremely rare. The kinds of people who are being visiting the emergency room or being hospitalized are unvaccinated, and that is always going to be, unfortunately, the case for people who refuse to be vaccinated, and also people with pre-existing conditions that render them vulnerable to uh, any form of the virus that's circulating. So we're certainly not seeing anything like what we uh, went through at the the heights of the pandemic. Talking about vaccinations, who should be getting it this year? Is it everybody at this point? Well, we haven't seen yet official guidelines, but the and the new the new vaccine booster that will be approved probably in the next few weeks is a monovalent version based on a more current Omicron variant than the earlier vaccine design was tailored against. So to some extent, it's an upgrade um, and a more modern uh, design. So the people who most need um, an additional booster are the people who are most at risk of serious outcomes to infection. And that means immunocompromised people, people in poor health, people of uh, who are elderly, particularly over 70, over 75. I mean, how you cut this depends on you know, very many various factors. But the most at-risk individuals are the ones who would most benefit from an additional booster. Protection against disease Severe disease is already strong on a population basis because we've had many people have had multiple vaccine doses and or infection experiences, all of which build up protection against serious disease. An additional booster in the near future would give a month or two's additional protection against mild infections, perhaps 
And I say perhaps because there's not enough, there's not really any data around at this stage. Some might uh, surface when FDA and CDC uh, reviews with the companies how those booster shots are performing in humans. There's not a lot of information around. So an additional booster might give additional protection against mild infections, but the, the booster effects always don't last more than a few months in this regard. I was looking at a recent Axios poll, and it found that Americans are more concerned about other things, other health risks like fentanyl, obesity, guns, and COVID-19 is really ranked at the bottom of concerns. Uh, in your findings, in your in your practice, do you find that also that folks are less worried about this virus than previous years? Yes, I think that's true for members of the public. I receive very few inquiries from social contacts, friends, members of the public about COVID. Certainly far, far less than we were, you know, people like me were receiving uh, during the heights of the pandemic. There is less fear around now because fewer people are dying and those who are dying are often unvaccinated and i'm afraid that's just going to be with us because they've made very poor choices so yeah there isn't a fear factor it's not on the public radar screen i it's bizarre but the people who most inquire about what's going on at the moment are uh journalists i've had several inquiries this week and i think what's going on is that one news story triggers another news story because editors have this sort of FOMO, fear of missing out. If our rival newspaper has a story, we need to have a story too. And it sort of snowballs, but I don't think it reflects public concern about what we're presently seeing. There's probably a bit too much tweeting by some people who should remain more silent than they are. But I think it's, it's being driven... Uh, it's a, an August news story is the way I see it. I don't hear grounds for concern from members of the public. Where do you see masks playing a part of our lives this fall and winter? Well, you know, one always has to be aware that there could be additional developments that change the picture. But I spent the last two days at a vaccine-related conference in a major university. And of the... 50 or so people who were at the meeting, I only saw two of them who were wearing masks. So among professionals uh, who are obviously pretty well aware of where we are, there, isn't, there wasn't any significant mask wearing. Now, you know, if you're in, again, if you're in a vulnerable health group, if you have, and by now everyone really should know their own health status and their own risks. I mean, we've had three years of this. If you have a serious condition that puts you at risk of serious disease, then you should be taking every precaution you can. And that would include mask wearing. But it's become less common in the past year. And I think it will remain uh, uncommon unless something happens that changes the current state of the pandemic. Dr. Moore, before we go, is there anything else I have not touched on that you want folks to know about? Well, you see media reports of additional variants, and variant evolution is inevitable. That's just going to happen, and it's good that monitoring will detect the presence of additional variants. But additional variants aren't necessarily more dangerous variants, not to any significant extent. So, you know, one only would 
freak out if you see information emerging from solid sources that any new variant is actually more dangerous, particularly from the perspective of causing severe disease. And that's not what we're seeing at the moment. So the fact that a new variant is being seen is not really of major importance to the public. What actually matters is if there is solid evidence that a new variant is truly more dangerous. And that's not what's been happening in recent weeks. We're talking to Dr. John Moore, virologist for Will Cornell Medicine, talking about the new variants and the outlook for COVID this upcoming fall and winter. For Radio Casco, I'm Patricio Rubio.